In this current series of studies, we are attempting to understand what is going on in our world in the light of Bible prophecy. Our focus is on prophecy as it relates to the church age and what our response should be to the things that are occurring. So our focus is on Bible prophecy as it's revealed in the epistles of the New Testament. In Paul's epistles, we have a number of prophetic categories related to church-age believers. These categories include the intermediate state, the apostasy-rapture, the day of the Lord, the revelation of the Antichrist, the judgment of believers, the second coming of Christ, the restoration of Israel, the last judgment, and the eternal state. All of these prophecies enable us to understand what kind of response we should have to the things that are occurring in our social and in our church and in our governmental authorities today. In our study last time, we had an introduction to the intermediate state with a brief study of the doctrine of death. When I speak of the intermediate state, I think you'll understand then that's a reference to that time period between an individual's physical death, and the resurrection of the dead. So we're going to continue this today with a brief study of the intermediate state and include with it an overview of the doctrine of hell. The intermediate state is a reference to that period of time between an individual's physical death and the rapture or the resurrection. The word hell is found in the Bible or in the King James Version of the Bible, 53 times. It's translated from the Old Testament Hebrew word Sheol, and in the New Testament it's translated from three different Greek words, Hades, Gehenna, and Tartarus. The phrase, the lake of fire, is used five times, and the word Gehenna is used each time. The Hebrew word Sheol and the Greek word Hades identified the same place, the abode of the dead in the heart of the earth. Sheol is Hebrew to mean the abode of the dead in the heart of the earth. Hades is Greek, meaning the abode of the dead in the heart of the earth. So we'll attempt to study these words in our next study in order to understand the intermediate state as it relates to Bible prophecy. The early church believed in the imminent return of Christ. That is, they believed it could occur at any moment, most believing that it would occur in their lifetime. Now, before you become too critical of them, remember that they did not receive the book of Revelation until 95 A.D. That was 65 years after the ascension of Christ and some 30 years after the death of the Apostle Paul. Following his resurrection, Jesus stated that he was going to the Father, and he said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The early church was concerned about the death of those believers who died before the return of Christ, so Paul explains in his epistles what he had received from the Lord. So the question is, where do we go when we die? 
Paul speaks of the intermediate state when he says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.8 At death, the Christian goes immediately into the presence of God in heaven. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Now this is the opposite of being in our bodies on the earth and absent from the Lord. And he tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.6 Whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. When the believer dies or is raptured, he goes immediately into heaven, into the intermediate state. Paul also speaks of this in the epistle to the Philippians in chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, where he writes, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. When Paul would depart in death, he indicated he would then be with Christ. Physical death does not involve the loss of consciousness. The soul and the spirit are separated from the body. The soul and the spirit go immediately into the presence of Christ, and the body will not be reunited with the soul and the spirit until the rapture occurs. Those who go directly to heaven at death or at the rapture, have been redeemed and justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 3 verses 24 and following. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, I mean satisfaction, through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just, and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. The souls of the unconverted go immediately to torments located in Hades, according to Luke 16, 19-26, where they are kept until the last judgment according to Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. Heaven is neglected nearly as much as hell in most of the preaching today. The intermediate nature of both heaven and hell should constantly be brought before the people's mind from the pulpit. Worldliness results from preaching which does not focus on eternal things. Few, if any, real conversions will occur in a church where heaven and hell are not among the pastor's constant themes in his preaching. Confusion concerning the intermediate state has resulted in a number of false interpretations and is the premise upon which the false doctrine of purgatory was developed. The Roman church developed the concept of purgatory as an intermediate state where the dead go and from which loved ones can be delivered by the Virgin Mary if enough contributions are made to the church, and it proved to be quite a moneymaker for the Roman church. In our previous study, we've looked at the biblical teaching on the subject of death, and so here now we're going to take a brief look at the doctrine of hell. Sheol, Hades, Tartarus, Gehenna, 
and the lake of fire. Luke chapter 16, beginning at verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And then he said, I pray thee, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if went one went from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. As I mentioned earlier, the word hell is found 53 times in the King James Version of the Bible, and is translated from the Hebrew word Sheol, and three Greek words, Hades, Gehenna, and Tartarus. The phrase, lake of fire, is also found five times, and each time it's a reference to Gehenna, which represents the Hebrew Gehenna, the valley of Topat, where children were sacrificed to Baal. And its corresponding Aramaic word, Gehenna, is found twelve times in the New Testament, eleven of which are in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and all of which were spoken by Christ himself. The words Sheol and Hades refer to the same place. Sheol is the Hebrew word meaning the abode of the dead in the heart of the earth. The word Hades is a Greek word meaning the abode of the dead in the heart of the earth. There are three distinct areas that are identified by the words Sheol and Hades, all of them the abode of the dead in the heart of the earth. Paradise is sometimes called Abraham's bosom, is the abode of departed believers. Paradise is mentioned in Luke twenty three forty three. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise to the thief on the cross. In Second Corinthians 12.4, How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which are not lawful for a man to utter. And in Revelation chapter 2 verse 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Abraham's bosom is also identified in Luke chapter 16, verses 22 and 23. It came to pass the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Torments is the place of departed unbelievers. Luke chapter 16 says, And in hell, that's the word Hades, In Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Again in Revelation chapter 20, beginning at verse 11, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Tartarus is the third area of the abode of the dead in the heart of the earth. It's the place of the fallen angels, the identified as sons of God, who cohabited with women prior to the flood in Genesis chapter 6. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 18 and following, Peter writes this, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in Tartarus which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein that a few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. So there's fallen angels that then sought to infiltrate the human race are bound there, and we're told they are kept there until the middle of the tribulation when they're going to be released. Second Peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 9 speaks of this place as well. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, that is, cast them down to Tartarus, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and he spared not the old world, but he saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And he delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation, that's manner of life of the wicked, for the right that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hear vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds." 
And the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. Jude, in his one chapter letter, writes this, And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Solomon and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Tartus is also called the bottomless pit. Revelation chapter 9, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. In Revelation 11, verse 7, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. Speaking of the two witnesses at the end of their ministry, Moses and Elijah. In Revelation 17:8, The beast that thou sawest was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, that they remain written when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. In Revelation 20, John says, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and he bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Tartarus is also called the prison in first peter three eighteen through twenty for Christ also has suffered for the sin uh, suffered for sins, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit by which he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. So the bottomless pit, the abyss, the prison, or simply Tartarus is the Greek word, and it's translated in those different ways. Gehenna is a reference to the lake of fire, not the temporary abode of the dead in the heart of the earth, not Hades. Hades is actually going to be cast into the lake of fire, Gehenna is a reference to the eternal 
lake of fire. Matthew 5, 22. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall in, be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Matthew 5.29 And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. That is, into Gehenna, the lake of fire. Matthew 10.28 And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him that is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, Gehenna, the lake of fire. In Matthew 18.9, And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, it is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than have two eyes to be cast into hell fire, Gehenna, the lake of fire. Matthew 23.15, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell. Gehenna, the lake of fire. Twofold more the child of Gehenna, the lake of fire, than you yourselves. In Matthew twenty-three thirty-three, You serpents, you generation of vipers, How can you escape the damnation of hell? That's Gehenna, the lake of fire and brimstone. Mark chapter 9, verse 43, And if thy right hand, or if thy hand offend thee, cut it off, for it is better to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, Gehenna, the lake of fire, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Mark chapter uh, 9, verse 45, And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off, for it is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, that's Gehenna, the lake of fire and brimstone, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Verse 47 in Mark 9, And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Gehenna, the lake of fire. Luke chapter 12, verse 5. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed with power hath the power to cast into hell Gehenna, the lake of fire. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. And then James in chapter 3, verse 6 says, The tongue is a fire, uh, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on the fire of hell. That's Gehenna, the lake of fire. The actual translation, lake of fire, is found in the book of Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image, these both were cast alive into the lake of fire and brimstone. In Revelation 20, that's Gehenna. In Revelation 20, verse 10, 
And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. That's Gehenna. Where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever. Revelation 21.8 But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in Gehenna in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Paradise, also referred to as Abraham's bosom, originally was in the heart of the earth, the abode of dead believers in the heart of the earth. But at the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, following his resurrection, he transferred paradise to heaven. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 and following, Paul wrote, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. They're referred to captivity captive. They're referred to as captive because they still do not have resurrection bodies. It's only soul and spirit until the fulfillment of final prophecy for those that are church age believers. That'll be the rapture. But for Old Testament saints, that will be at the second advent of Christ following the tribulation. They were soul and spirit, and so they are called captivity, and they retain just soul and spirit, and so they are referred to as being captive. Paradise, then, is now located in heaven, according to Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, where Paul talks how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which are not lawful for a man to utter. And then in Revelation 2, 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Departing believers today go directly to heaven. Paul identifies that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Second Corinthians 5.8 We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Departed believers then will be brought back with Christ to receive their resurrection bodies. Their soul and spirit will return with Christ at the rapture. First Thessalonians 4.13 and following But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not as even others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain of the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Those remaining in Hades, that area called torments, will be cast into the lake of fire. This will occur at the end of the millennium, following the tribulation, the end of the millennium then, at the great white throne judgment. They are not part of the first resurrection. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 5 and 6, it says, For the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Those that are confined to torments in Hades then are raised at the end of the millennial reign of Christ. We read in Revelation 20, Verses 5 and 6, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and reign with him a thousand years. Those that are retained throughout the millennium even in Hades, in that area called torments, are going to be judged following the end of the millennium at the great white throne judgment, and they're going to be judged according to their works. Revelation 20 verse 12 says, I saw the dead small and great stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the books, according to their works. Their works will not merit the standard of acceptance, which is perfection, which is provided for us only in the perfection of Jesus Christ, credited to our account when we call upon His name for salvation.
The Lamb's book of life will then be opened when they have been examined and found lacking. The Lamb's book of life will be opened, but where their name was originally written in before the foundations of the earth, it's been blotted out by their refusal to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they will suffer eternal torment. Revelation 20.10 says, The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. All those whose names do not remain then in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire, Revelation 20.15. Whosoever was not found written in the book with the result the writing stood forever was cast into the lake of fire. To avoid hell, you must believe in and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 3.18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Revelation 3.5 says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5, explain the overcomer. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible teaches we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible teaches with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.